If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. The Singapore Grand Prix gave Formula One a new winner in 2023 after a quite brilliant drive from lights to flag by this man. Carlos Sainz, tactical brilliance. Carlos Sainz, the winner of the Singapore Grand Prix. And P1, baby, P1. What a mega job you did there. What a smart race. You know what? This is my first smooth operation in Ferrari. Carlos was always in control, but it was thrilling, with the top three cars separated by just 1.2 seconds at the flag. This week's F1 Nation is coming to you from the heart of the Marina Bay paddock in Singapore, with me, Tom Clarkson, Pedro de la Rosa and Zilia Ruhl from Build. There's a lot to talk about, but first, let's hear from the man of the moment, Carlos Sainz. Carlos, what a race. Many congratulations. Tension throughout. What aspect of this victory are you most proud of? It's difficult to pick one. Honestly, everything. Everything. We have to be extremely proud of the weekend that we've put together. We've had uh, one opportunity this year to win the race, which was here in Singapore and we nailed it. Uh, we didn't put a foot wrong all weekend, and, and, and yeah, there was a lot of moments at, out there that we uh, we were a bit under pressure, you know. And we kept it calm. We kept our plan, our strategy. We had to play with tire degradation, with pit stops gaps, with DRS, and playing with all that and managing to keep everything under control. We managed to we managed to bring home a win that was never easy, but uh, that definitely feels incredible. How nervous were you about the Mercs in those closing laps? At the beginning, not so nervous because I felt like I had a lot of pace in hand to push the last 12, 15 laps. But um, immediately I felt like as soon as I started pushing, my tire degradation started to kick in. And uh, I think Lando and I were sliding a lot. Then it all it surprised me quite a lot how quickly the Mercs managed to pass uh, Charles and close the gap on Lando and me. And at that point I thought, okay, it's not going to be easy and these last five, six laps is going to be a a fight and at that point obviously I had to change a bit the, the strategy, I had to uh, give uh, Lando a, a bit of a cheeky DRS boost and uh, that helped us to, to, to keep them behind and and uh, win the race and, and get the, the win for, for Ferrari, that feels great. How did you manage the gap to Lando without leaving yourself open to attack from Lando? It's always tricky um, because you always put yourself under extra pressure, you know. Um, because then you, you know that then you cannot have a lockup, you cannot have a single mistake or a snap, because it means that then Lando is going to have a chance to overtake you if he's on the RS, no? So, um, yeah, at that point, you decide to give him the RS, hoping that that's going to be enough to keep the Mercs behind. There was in particularly one lap that I think Lando defended into 16, 17, and then I had to slow down a lot in turn one, two, three to give him the RS again. And uh, I think that move actually saved... Uh, my race saved also Lando's P2 because I feel like there we were, if not, I would have been also dead meat. If the Mercs would have passed Lando, I think they could have got past me pretty pretty easily. But what I'm more proud is that we had one chance to win this year and uh, the team under pressure responded. Um, I also responded and we managed to put together a perfect weekend in the one chance that the Red Bull and, and, and the situation gave us, and this speaks well of, of the progress that Ferrari is doing, we are doing in terms of race execution. What a phenomenal Grand Prix. Best race of 2023, what do you think? The best? Well, I mean, it's one of the best, I would say. No, uh, It was uh, the best managed race of the season, possibly, yes. It's good to see a new face in the, the podium, no, in the top uh, of the podium. It was a fantastically managed race by Carlos. 
I was very impressed how he, on the last few laps, you know, just fell back, just in sufficient to give uh, to give the DRS to no, to Lando. You know, so it was really, it really incredible to watch. It was a very mature drive. And, and Carlos said after his third place at Monza last time out that that was his best weekend at Ferrari, better than his win at Silverstone last year. Pedro, do you think this surpasses what he did at Monza? Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, Paul win a race in this fashion, you know, just uh, managing the race, having the pressure from lap one to the last lap of the race from someone behind. Uh, he was always, uh, he always had a car with the DRS behind, you know, I mean, let's not forget that. So I was very impressed, really. It was a fantastic uh, managed race, but he had a lot of pace. It was not a win that he inherited because it was wet and someone went off or, you know, he, he was on pole position. He led the race, he controlled the race. So there's not much that he can do any better. I think it was uh, his best win by far and a, a very impressive one. So there's nothing nothing we can say Carlos could have done any better. And from, from my point of view, it's a lot, it's a stronger win than uh, his podium in Monza. It's a lot stronger uh, show. And look, tell us a little bit about how you manage a gap to, to Lando Norris like that, keeping Norris in the DRS so that he, you know, keeps the buffer to Mercedes. How does he do that and not leave himself vulnerable to being overtaken by Lando? Yeah, that's, that's a good question because uh, we, we kind of, uh, when you, you talk about managing a difference with the guy behind, it might sound easy because it means that you have a lot more in hand actually to pull the gap. But you always have to judge where you can do it and how you have to do it. So you can uh, you can do lift and coast, for example, just at the end of a long straight, just uh, release the, the, the throttle, the brakes, and just let the car slow down with, uh, with the wings, with the downforce, and then brake in the last uh, moment. But if you do that, the guy behind might see that you're doing lift and coast and might have a go on the braking in some areas. So you cannot really manage through lift and coast while you have a guy opening DRS behind you. Where you manage is on the twisty bits on the on the car on the on the on the corners that are slowest and you know there's no gap to go for. You can slow down a bit the pace. You can also uh, when you pick up the throttle coming from the low the low speed corners the hairpins just. Uh, apply the throttle in a way that you will have no wheel spin whatsoever. So you are uh, you're saving your 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 rear tires, so keeping them really cool. But also you gaining you you have a little bit of speed as well. So it's not that you're giving a lot of time away, but you are really uh, saving tires, saving time, and not allowing the guy behind really to have a go at you on the braking. Loads of tricks. You drivers have got loads of tricks. Well, I mean, uh, I mean, it is easy to do all this. The difficulty is to do it with someone behind, you know. That is the, the difficulty and under pressure in the middle of a Grand Prix. We all know how to uh, manage, uh, you know, or, or if they tell you you have to lap at 140, it's quite easy if you have the, the, the speed to, to lap at 139. But with someone behind and do it at the right places without being overtaken is very difficult. And Zilia, this will be a massive pressure release for Fred Vasseur, won't it? I mean, he came in at the start of this year and it was a really difficult opening six months, wasn't it, for him? And then we I mean, just wind the clock back to Zandvoort a couple of races ago where, you know, Charles Leclerc was all at sea. And yes, Carlos put a good race together to fifth, but we were still questioning Ferrari. But I think this will be a, a massive moment for Fred. His first, his first win in Formula One, actually, but his first win with Ferrari. Yeah, absolutely. I think the winning picture, he might frame it and put it put it on his desk because this is the special moment. And as you said, yeah, it, it, it takes lots of pressure because, um, yeah, I mean, I think if you're at Ferrari, there is always criticism, but it started to, to creep up just because that's the mentality that it's the team that's so proud and that the goal is just to win championships, of course. And if that's not happening, there is always criticism appearing. So now he has this win and this is definitely something he can be happy to have and because it just takes the pressure and this waiting for when is it actually happening away so and, and probably happy and what does this momentum do Pedro I mean quick at Monza fast flat out track quick in Singapore high downforce I mean a Ferrari <laughs> a Ferrari here to stay at the front well I mean it's or, or when we get to sector one at Suzuka next weekend a Red Bull gonna disappear again 
Well, I mean, Red Bull, I mean, well, okay, we will touch the subject about Red Bull because there's no a clear explanation why they were not as competitive here as we all expected. But then again, I mean, what a season, Tom, that we, we, we go to any, any Grand Prix, any race, we think, uh, we more or less think who is going to be competitive in this race uh, because of the track characteristics, and then suddenly we're all completely wrong. Even the, the own teams, I mean, the, to the teams, you know, Ferrari was never expecting to be this competitive, at least what, from what they said in a track like this. They were expecting to be very competitive in Monza, and they were, but suddenly they come here and they, and they win the race with pole position. So it's just that, and I mean, it's fair to say that these tracks, Singapore, Marina Bay, it's such a different animal from Monza. So it's a maximum downforce, Monza is low downforce, uh, the type of corners is very different, this is a lot more low speed. Uh, so, so I think that the Ferrari has shown that either or they've made a development that no one knows about, or they've managed to get a car which is extremely competitive in, in low downforce and in high downforce, low speed corners such as uh, Singapore. It's true that they were always quick in low-speed corners, but this is, is on the past. I mean, this year they, they were not that quick on the low speed. So it is fantastic to see that we're all wrong, you know, this is, and this is Formula One, and that uh, suddenly there's other players uh, that are dominating a Grand Prix, and we are going to Suzuka, and no one really knows what uh, will be the first sector of uh, Suzuka like, you know. Is uh, Red Bull going to be again as fast? But this is the beauty about Formula One, and this is what I really love, is that Finally, I think that we are all converging into into a very narrow uh, time band. Now, what is Carlos Sainz smoking at the minute? Because he's come back from the summer break. I think a changed man. This, he's found a connection with his engineers and that car that wasn't there before the break. Would you agree? I think that we should not just believe that he's come being a different person from the from the from the holidays you know from the shutdown because i think that before the shutdown carlos was driving already very well very strongly if you compare to to charles and it was not that charles was underperforming i think it was that uh, the car was very difficult to drive but carlos was already very competitive back back then you know and now that ferrari has upgraded the car or has made the car faster he has kept the momentum. So I don't think that it's just that the car is different and it's quicker, so Carlos now is, is, is shining. I think he was shining before the shutdown. Okay, but relative to Charles Leclerc, Zillier, he is now Ferrari's number one guy, Carlos, or has been since the break. He seems to be, yeah, definitely. Um, but that might also change, I don't know. <laughs> Pedro, he seems to be lacking a bit of confidence with this car compared to Carlos. Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, if you look back at uh, Barcelona, you know, the Spanish Grand Prix, where he was uh, he was struggling with the uh, with the car. Uh, Ferrari brought a big upgrade there, and uh, since they Ferrari brought this upgrade, it seems like if Charles is having more difficulty with his driving style to find uh, you know to find himself comfortable. Sometimes uh, it's uh, tire compounds that are, don't switch on. Sometimes, uh, but there's always like that that. Upgrade did not suit his driving style for whatever reason, which I obviously I, I, I don't know. So I'm not I, I'm not really know. But one one thing that is for sure is that he was very close of clinching form, uh, pole position here in Singapore, because up to the last sector he was the fastest. So if you look at the telemetry of his of, of his fastest lap in qualifying, he was he was even coming out of the last chicane 16-17, just heading into the last corner, he was on pole position. So. Let's not really get carried away that, uh, you know, there's one number one and number two in the, I think that evenly matched. Oh, no, I'm not pretending that there's a number one and a number two, but just in terms of performance, Carlos has got the edge at the moment. Yeah, at the moment, you know, so, but it could have played the other way, you know, I mean, if Charles is on pole position and then Carlos starts third with a soft tyre and protecting him a bit, you know, it, it could have swung the other way, you know, I think that they are two fantastic drivers, don't get me wrong, and uh, Carlos has been, um, has had a bit more confidence in the last two Grand Prix, Monza and Singapore, and that has uh, made a difference uh, back in the race. But it could change as well, you know, in Suzuka, that's, uh, that's the good thing of having uh, two drivers that are really evenly matched, is that they push to they push together the team and uh, it's uh, it's fantastic to see this you are the king of suzuka that's what i like to think you did a lot of racing there in the junior formulas knowing that track as you do do you think ferrari 
will be able to, well, at least be competitive there? I, I have no idea. I mean, uh, I, I really don't know because, uh, well, if, if, you, if you look at Suzuka, you have to go back to Silverstone a bit, you know, because there are two uh, efficiencies important, there's a lot of high-speed corners. So how those cars will operate with all the upgrades that we've all had since Silverstone, it's difficult to judge as well. Uh, I, mean, I, I don't know, you know, the reality is I don't know, but the cars that will be fast in Suzuka are the ones that uh, generate a lot of downforce at low ride heights because it's mostly high-speed corners. In Suzuka, up until Tegna, Tegna 2, you don't touch the brakes. You're just letting the car flow, basically, or hardly touching the brakes. So it is uh, a very unique track, and the cars that are good are good at high-speed uh, corners. They will be good there. Lando Norris comes home to collect that second place. <laughs> Let's go! Well done. Oh, amazing result. Thank you. I love you all so much. Thanks for the upgrades. Oscar P7 as well, guys. Sick. I'm so happy. Lando coming to you now. Uh, great race by you as well. Tell us, in those closing laps, where was your focus? Going for the win or protecting P2 from Lewis and George? <laughs> uh, it was protecting P2. Um, I, I mean, George couldn't overtake me. He struggled to overtake me when he had, what, five, six, tenth a lap advantage. So the chance of me getting ahead of, of Carlos with a maybe one-tenth advantage, is uh, there's no chance. So I think... Um, like Carlos played it smart, there was no need for me to try and, and attack him. Uh, the more I attacked him, probably the more vulnerable I would have been from uh, from both the guys behind. And I wouldn't be sitting here, I probably wouldn't be on the podium if I, I played it differently, you know. So um, stressful, stressful last few laps for sure. I think we both knew as soon as the VSC came out, we had to put in a stint and a half and try and open up the gap as, as big as possible. But they still caught us. Um, and then it was about not making the mistakes. I knew with, with George, he was going to pressure me a lot. He did. I had to defend quite a bit into uh, into uh, 15 um, or 14. That's when then Carlos backed off after that, when there was a little bit of a gap and allowed me to get the DRS, which was very helpful. So um, I think we together played it in, in a smart way to, to get the Mercs to stay behind us. Um, the last lap, then I had a bit more of a breather. I hit the wall uh, where George also hit the wall, but I hit it with the front. So I kind of panicked a bit thinking maybe I just messed it all up, but it damaged the steering uh, in terms of it was just uh, off-center, but uh, luckily it wasn't nothing more than that. So an amazing race, uh, a stressful race from start to finish, a lot of management, but uh, perfectly executed. Did you think Carlos was helping you initially, or did you think he was making mistakes? I mean, he made a couple of mistakes, but... Uh... <laughs> No, I, I think our pace was strong. Honestly, I think um, I think initially I I started to catch him myself. I think uh, our pace was a bit better towards the end of stints. The Ferrari was probably better in the initial part of stints. So I think I would have caught up to him uh, ever so slightly anyway. Um, and I think I would have got into DRS, but it was more the uh, when there was a gap, when I was most under pressure from George, that's when he, he helped me out. So, yeah, I guess it, it helped me keep him from not getting under pressure, from not getting attacked, because I'm sure if, if I got overtaken, Carlos would have had a, a lot more stress too, you know. So, But he drove a great race, both George and, and Lewis, and of course Carlos drove a great race to um, to not make any mistakes, not uh, have any lockups and any of these things, and um, finish the way we did. Zilia, did you believe that Lando was going to win that race when he was tucked under Carlos's rear wing? It was super, super close. And if you look at these last laps and how close everything was and was what was still happening also with George, I mean, everything would have been possible, probably. Um, I kind of had a feeling that Carlos would win it, but I, it's just guts. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, I honestly, everyone was so excited the last few laps, you know, everyone was thinking, George, George, this or the other, you know, he has the pace, he can win. But actually, honestly, I, the, the, the guy that I thought that could win it was, was Lando. Because on the last lap, uh, you know, just Carlos was pulling him, you know, was, uh, and was keep, keeping Lando uh, a bit too close, I would say. And I was thinking that Lando could have gone for a late break maneuver into turn 14, for example. It's the last lap. And uh, even if he had uh, braked a bit too late and just overtaken him, maybe it would have been impossible for, for George also to, to win the race as well, you know. So I, I was really thinking not, Lando was the, the guy to, to keep an eye on. In the last so, lap. 
Pedro, it was interesting to hear from him there saying that really his priority in those closing laps was pr protecting P2 and not going for the win. Had it been you, no, no. I think he would have gone for the win. Of course, he was really worried about the, the pace of the Mercedes. So you know, I mean, but let, let's be realistic. I mean, uh, there's a point that if you see a gap and you don't go for it, you're not a racing driver anymore, no? So well, I, unquote Ayrton Senna, yes. yes yeah. So I, I think that Lando, of course, he was worried about. I mean, he was protecting his second position, but I'm sure that he was just with the other eye thinking: if Carlos has any issue whatsoever, I am. I have the arrest. He hasn't. He hasn't. And it's the last lap, so of course he was. Uh, he he had an eye on the win. The significant thing, really, about McLaren is that they came here with their biggest upgrade since Austria, and it worked again. Everything they put on that car seems to make it quicker. Uh, Lando was thrilled. I think he's going to win a race before the year's out. But what does it say about, um, not just the correlation at McLaren, but the technical team at McLaren, that everything they're doing is making a difference? Well, it just, uh, it just proves that they have a, a strong team and that they are making the right changes. Uh, they are, that their pace of development is very good. But I think that everyone is keeping the pace, really. You know, I mean, it's just, uh, we're all trying our best. To, to be there and uh, McLaren is at the moment they've brought like I mean how many upgrades they, they had like nine different upgrades in the car for this race so it's just uh, proof that they are doing a great job they have a great technical team behind but this is uh, a long journey you know and I think that the other teams will will catch up as well it's a long journey but the rate they're going they're going to catch Aston Martin in the constructors championship we'll see we'll see <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. I mean, we, we also are on a, on a journey and we have a development, development gradual development uh, through the year. We are not giving up and uh, we are going to defend as much as we can as well. And, uh, and hopefully uh, we are at the point that we can attack as well. So we'll, we wait and see because there's many different type of trucks coming and uh, we also are following a, a development program. Pedro, just as we're on the subject of Aston Martin, why did you guys struggle here? Because there was definitely a feeling pre-weekend that put, put a bit more downforce on the car and you were going to be better than you were at Monza last time out, but that wasn't really the case. Yeah, we were expecting to be more competitive, but then again, you know, uh, we, we, we lacked a bit of pace, especially. For not, it, it was an unfortunate weekend for so many reasons. I don't want to look for excuses. You know, we've uh, had a terrible shunt. Uh, Lance is, uh, is recovering, obviously, but uh, it was it was difficult for the team as well. But then on the race itself, there's one one thing after the other conspire against us. You know, it's just uh, getting on a fight with Checo, uh, overheating the tires. Then we had uh, the penalty. We had a bad pit stop. So I don't think we were that far off. It's just that we didn't have. We would we would have finished in the points quite high up in the points uh, had everything gone as planned, but. Uh, you know, this is motor racing, and you have to have perfect weekends if you need to, if you want to score or finish in the top six. How was your lead driver after the race? First time he hasn't finished in the points this year. Takes the rough with the smooth. This is Formula One. I mean, it's uh, tough, and uh, there will always be bad weekends, you know. And uh, it's just uh, the important really is uh, to learn from it and go to Suzuka with, uh, you know, just uh, with a learned lesson and upbeat again and not forget that we've achieved already seven podiums so so we we definitely have a much more competitive car than what we've shown this this weekend shopify is the all-in-one commerce platform to start run and grow your business and is revolutionizing millions of businesses worldwide whether you're selling your patio furniture or fine art prints, Shopify simplifies selling online and in person so you can successfully grow your business. Shopify covers all of your sales channels and even gets you selling across social media marketplaces like Facebook, Instagram and TikTok. Full of the industry-leading tools ready to ignite your growth, Shopify gives you complete control over your business and your brand without learning new skills in design or coding. And thanks to 24-7 help and an extensive business course library, Shopify is ready to support your business every step of the way. What's lovely about Shopify is that no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify will be there to empower you with the confidence and control to take your business to the next level. 
It's time to get serious about selling and get Shopify today. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Sign up for a £1 per month trial period at shopify.co.uk slash nation, all lowercase. Go to shopify.co.uk slash nation to take your business to the next level today. That's shopify.co.uk slash nation. Well, let's talk Mercedes now and hear first from the man who finished third, Lewis Hamilton. It was okay. I think ultimately just not that great a weekend, uh, but the team did a fantastic job with the strategy. The, the guys did a great job in the pit stop, just faultless uh, on that side. Um, I just made it really difficult for myself with poor performance yesterday. But exciting at the end for us as a team. I, I was hoping that I knew that I wouldn't be able to get George because it's, uh, you need a big, big delta to overtake, but I thought we might be able to get a one too, but unfortunately we can do it. Have you got a fair few things of understanding why maybe this weekend hasn't gone as smoothly as you'd hoped and things just obviously to work on always, but specific things about where you might be lacking? Yeah, I mean, qualifying is, I think qualifying is pretty, is a big weakness for me and making lots of changes to the car, which we did a big change yesterday and then it was like learning a whole new car again and it um, wasn't particularly enjoyable to drive, but it was good today. So there's, there's definitely pros for the things we changed. It's just getting on top of that and um, figuring out how to maximise qualifying. Once I get my qualifying sorted, then we'll be, we'll be good. Zilia, this was a big weekend for Merck. They had, they had arguably the fastest car in that race. Yeah, and I mean, they would have finished 3-4 if it wasn't for George's crash in the end. Um, so they are back. They are definitely up there. And um, let's see how everything continues with Red Bull on the top or not, but um, they're absolutely competitive. Celia, you know the team well. Just, you know, what kind of mood was Toto Wolff in this weekend? I felt he was uh, quite punchy in Monza. You know, he wasn't ready to recognize Max's 10 wins in a row, comparing it to Wikipedia that nobody reads according to Toto. Do you feel he was a little bit more gentle, more relaxed, more conciliatory really this weekend yeah uh, i spoke uh, to him after the race in the media session and he seemed happy relaxed um and also you, you sometimes can read mood in toto's face and he seemed relaxed from just the facial muscles and the way he was so yeah i think there's definitely also some some tension relief maybe after this result was it an obvious call to pit during that vsc with 17 laps to go well it was a uh it was the right call if you wanted to go for a race win. And since lap two, I think uh, George was saying on the radio, I want to win this one. No? So I think it was, they did a fantastic job just keeping those extra set of new medium tires that no one had. Because uh, whenever, I mean, Fernando pitted at the end as well, and he, we didn't have, a, no one had a new medium. So everyone that pitted at the end had to go for a, for a new set of softs. And I think that strategically that worked very well. And if there was, if the virtual safety car happened on that lap, and you have saved one new set of mediums, is because you must pit. I mean, there's no way around. You just go for the win. It was it uh, was it risky? Well, I mean, of course it was risky because, uh, but you want to win the race, so you had you had to go. They did exactly what it was uh, planned before it's used that second set of medium and George after qualifying said you know said it you know we have a second set of mediums so we hope to make it difficult for Ferrari and that's exactly what they did they used a virtual safety car had had there been not a, a virtual safety car the, it would have been impossible really to get to the last few laps just putting pressure on 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 Carlos and Lando I love the fact that they were being so racy because it did cost them second place well, it's a sort of mentality. I love that racing, racers mentality. They went for the win, you know, that's uh, the bottom line. And uh, I mean, they, they, they lost more than a second because they lost George's car. They, they, they finished third, but only with one car. So I think they lost more. But I love the fact that they wanted to win. They went for a win. It didn't work, but they were so close, you know. George Russell into the wall and out of the race. The British driver who was charging for victory is out on the last lap and he's in the Tech Pro. 
the yellow flag is out, and the battle for the win is over. Oh, no! No! Hey, George, you were the fastest man out there today. I know you didn't come away with anything, so just how are you feeling right now? Yeah, lost for words, to be honest. I think we were half a car's length away from winning the race. Had I been able to overtake Lando when I had that one opportunity, because Carlos did such a great job at dictating the pace, giving Lando the DRS, um, that we couldn't give a chance to overtake Lando. And then you know, last lap, I don't know what the hell happened there, just whether it was a lack of concentration, maybe frustration knowing that was our opportunity gone. You know, a mistake of one or two centimetres has just put a sort of shadow on the whole weekend, one of which would have been an amazing weekend. The team did an amazing job, the car was great, the strategy was, was bang on, we were aggressive, we were bold, and it was exciting. You know, it was really exciting out there, and yeah, it's heartbreaking to be standing here uh, with no points. Definitely sums up the season I've been having this year. But as I say, there's definitely positives to take away. But massively sorry to the whole team. They deserve more. We will deserve more. Um, but I'm not going to let it cloud my weekend. It is always hard when you you, you have a, you, you can win a race and you you can't. Uh, at the end, you don't finish or you are even out of the podium, zero points. But the most important thing for a racing driver is believing and feeling that you could have won it because then you go to sleep thinking you're the fastest guy out there. And in a way, he can be relieved by that because today he could have won, you know, I mean, uh, but but it would have been difficult anyway to overtake Carlos. Huh? Don't, he, was, uh, he would have put the, the elbows really, really wide. Yeah, I think with this win, everyone, I mean, always racing drivers always want to win, but with this race, it was clear that maybe it's um, the only non-Red Bull win of the season. So like uh, 1988, everyone still talks about Gerhard Berger, who was the only one to, to beat the McLaren back then. So everyone really, really, really wanted it this time. So I think everyone's super gutted for not winning that one, even more than usual. It's a really good point because you know, think back to last year with all the strategic mistakes that Ferrari were making, even the start of this year, there were errors. Yet the one opportunity they've had to win a Grand Prix this year, they've taken it with a faultless performance. Yes, but the question is, will there be more opportunities for other teams, you know, during the year? I think there will be. I think there will be other opportunities, you know. I don't think it's uh, it's just a, a matter of time that you cannot dominate the championship in the way uh, they have done for so long because I think other teams have closed the gap. They still have definitely the strongest package, but there will be different circuits again, you know, and uh, some circuits won't suit their car as, as well as possibly Suzuka will. But uh, I think that it, it, we are we're just seeing that there's a bit more opportunity for all of us. Well, Max said in the build-up to this race that when he drove Singapore on the simulator, it felt horrible. And then the same day, he drove Suzuka on the simulator and it felt brilliant again. So the chances are Suzuka is going to suit that RB19. But Pedro, with your technical head on, have you got your head around why they struggled so much this weekend? I have no idea. I mean, no idea because at the end of the day, it's not that different to to Monaco in a way, you know. I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a street circuit, maximum downforce, typical, you know, okay, the asphalt, even the asphalt was a bit better than what all the teams expected because of the resurfacing. So, not sure, don't know. I mean, what I know is that they will be very strong in Suzuka because if you look at the, the data from, from, from uh, the both of Red Bull's car, the last corner, which is the highest, the highest speed corner of the of the circuit, they were one of the fastest. So even on the difficult laps that uh, that uh, Max was doing yesterday in qualifying, the problems he was experiencing, he was one of the fastest on turn 18 and 19, which is clearly Suzuka uh, Suzuka style track. So I think they will be very strong in Suzuka, and uh, they will be the clear the clear team to beat. From, you know, like they've always been here this year, but I think there will be more, more you know, other opportunities for other teams. All I'm, that's all I'm saying. Max, can we just have a can we walk with you just very quickly? The run has come to an end. How are you feeling about that? Very sad. Uh, no, actually, um, not relieved, but pretty relaxed about it. It's it in a way also probably just gives me even more motivation to do well in Suzuka. 
I know this run, you know, eventually always comes to an end. I, I know that day was coming, so I'm happy I, I reached 10. But it also didn't matter if it ended at 8 or 12, you know, it's, it's, it's a number uh, which I'm, of course, very proud of, but it's not it's not sustainable and you know that there is a day that another team is gonna gonna beat you so and that was today we've been trying to get our heads around what the problems have been for you guys this weekend can you sum it up in just a few words i think it's a few things together that didn't work out which uh, we'll try to analyze a bit more into detail i mean we have a few ideas which i think will solve the issue but uh i mean we, we won't know for sure until we come back next year because this is such a specific track you like suzuka is completely different how you set up the car anyway so i don't expect any trouble there well pedro's just been telling us that you're going to be the king of suzuka the car's going to go well there i mean we were 20 seconds behind 21 seconds behind at the line so my target is to win by 20 seconds in Suzuka. <laughs> I have one question. Um, when you broke Sebastian's uh, record, he was the first to text you. I texted you immediately. Did he also text you today now that you kind of lost the series? Uh, no, not today. I mean, uh, we, we text here and there. And of course, I will see him in, in Suzuka because we, we are going to do something together, like all the drivers. So that's going to be nice. We can have a little chat and uh, see how he's doing. Max, fantastic to speak to you. See you next week. Thanks so much. Thank you for that. I am so impressed by that guy. He's just had a really difficult Grand Prix. He's lost his winning record, and yet he's magnanimous. He's polite. He's generous. Yes, he, you, you sense that he's in peace with himself, yeah? I don't know. I just had a very good feeling when I was having this chat because it proves that he's a, he's a champion and he believes he's a champion and he's relaxed about it. And, and it's very important to understand that you, you cannot dominate every race, you know, and that it's going to be, you're going to win all the races of the season and your team is going to dominate the whole championship. And I think that you could sense that he's looking forward for Suzuka and he's not desperate about what happened here. Um, I was about to bring up the subject of Sebastian Vettel because uh, Max Verstappen touched on it, didn't he? And um, Celia, you caught up with him last weekend at the Nürburgring, didn't you? Yes, exactly. He did what some demo kind, there. What kind of Seb Vettel did you find there? Uh, a more relaxed Seb Vettel than the Formula One Seb Vettel. So he seemed super relaxed, um, like like very peaceful in mind maybe if that's not too too poetic to say it but he, he seemed really really happy and um yeah just very well balanced if that's the right way to put it but now one of the the quotes that has been going around the singapore paddock this weekend is him refusing to deny that he might come back that's something that came out of that trip to the old nurburgring last weekend did you get that vibe that he's missing the adrenaline he's missing driving and and if the right opportunity came up he might come back um comeback always depends on comeback as what so as a full-time driver i don't see him doing that anytime soon so because this also brings so much traveling it's so time consuming and that's not what he wants currently um he just loves to spend time with his family to unwind and also to to not really know what's coming. So he kind of has a fascination of not really know what's coming and really enjoys that. And he also, what he told me, sees that as a test for himself to discover new new um, sides of himself. Um, but he actually does quite openly say that he misses the adrenaline and that he misses the driving, but that he also knew before taking his decision that he would miss that and that it's fine. So, But, but I think by what he's doing, you can see that he's kind of missing everything. Uh, might it be the driving, might it be the people around here. So he did Goodwood, um, he did the Nürburgring, and now he will be in Suzuka where he won't be driving but doing a, a project for the environment. But you can kind of see, and also he was in Monaco in the paddock uh, where I caught, the, caught him in the, in, in the pit lane. Um, so you can see that he still doesn't really leave this world and he sometimes comes back. But I think what he really wants for at least the near future is to be also able to decide on when to come back and not being like forced to be here every race what like a full-time cockpit would be. Pedro you have done the retirement thing yeah. how difficult a drug is Formula One to give up if you're a driver? Well first of point is that I mean there's not many drivers that decide to retire 
most of the drivers, like myself, and I have, uh, you know, being completely honest, they, they make us retire because you find yourself without a team at one point, so you just have to retire. It's very different when you decide to say, okay, I've had enough, I want to retire, which is the case of Seb. And uh, I, the only thing I would say is that Formula One is very demanding, and now with 24 races like next year, you know, calendar, it's, it's extremely demanding on your personal life, and it's a very personal decision that you, when, when, whenever you, you, if you retire, if you want to come back, you, obviously you, meet, you will miss racing. I miss racing every night, you know, and sometimes I even w wake up at 4 or 5 a.m. and I'm thinking, oh, I'm, I'm arriving late for the, for the, for, for the, the grid or I've missed my, my helmet. No, no, yeah, really? No, really, no, yeah, that's, that's, that's I, I don't know if uh, what, all the racing drivers have Is that because you were this. once late to the grid and it's no, haunted I, I you was ever since? I was never late. I don't know why, you know, maybe it has a meaning, but in any case, I've always find myself like uh, the race is starting and I have to, I cannot miss the start or something like that. In any case, I miss racing and that is the reality and that's the reason why every week I go karting with my K set and, and I just have fun because at the end of the day, uh, I always say that a racing driver never retires, you know, you're always a racing driver till the end. And uh, the, the question is how much you miss it because if you start uh, racing again, I mean, Seb started, there is a, you have to give a lot of time uh, to, the, to your profession, which you won't be able to spend with your family. So it's a very personal decision, and I think that he, he will do whatever is best for him. Of course, he, will, he misses racing like I do, like every racing driver, but sometimes I also retired from Formula One. I went home and I was happier at home than racing because at that point I thought it was more important for me to be at home. Then now my kids are old, they don't want me at home anymore, and I'm back on the paddock, you know. And what about Maria? The reality. But she's happy when I'm happy, you know, so uh, we're all happy. And uh, my kids love Formula One. So I think it's a very personal decision, but bottom line is we have to be happy. And uh, the beauty about life is being able to choose. So I think he will choose the best. We have to grab this man on the way out. I, I think, Liam Lawson, you're one of the stars of the weekend. Uh, I don't know about that. It was good. It was very good weekends. Um, to, to make Q3 was obviously huge. I lost the positions off the start, which was something we need to get on top of because it's, it's obviously not good enough. And what, what, as in too much wheel spin? Or? Just procedure. It's very different to what I'm used to in, in the other cars I've been racing. And um, yeah, it's a, obviously, I, I think I can. Maybe cut some slack last week, but to do it two weekends in a row is, is not really not really good enough. But um, the race was good. It was difficult. It was long. Um, but yeah, very happy to come home with points. I'm sweating buckets just standing here talking to you. What was it like physically in the car? Yeah, for sure. It was the hardest race I've done um, to this point, for sure. It was super, super long. You know, this is a track that it's late in the season. It's a, a track that you basically, for most F1 guys, to have a whole season preparing for this race. So it's, for me, you know, being so early, um, yeah, it's tough. It was really, really hard. We did all the preparation we could, but um, also when you're struggling with the car and ca cars behind are coming with all that pace, it makes it that bit more difficult. Liam, I think you're a star. Just Are you going to get a run out at Suzuka? Because with your Super Formula experience this year, I, th I mean, Pedro here is the king of Suzuka because he, he lived in Japan for a couple of years in the junior formulas, but you've kind of done that this year. Bit of an advantage going to Suzuka? Uh, I wouldn't say an advantage, but it's definitely uh, it's more comfortable, you know, going into next weekend versus this weekend. You know, we spent basically 100% of the time working on trying to find lots of time in driving, and, and it means you spend less time on, I guess, on the car as well. Um, so it makes a big difference uh, and hopefully if I get that chance next week it'll, it should be more comfortable. Got any advice Ben? No, I think that uh, how many times have you raced there in Suzuka? I mean, uh, in, 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 and in which categories? We raced one time in Super Formula but we did two pre-season tests um, so I've been there three times to, to, to drive but um, yeah, it's, uh, I, I can imagine and if, even in Super Formula it's cool and Formula 1 it must be amazing, so Suzuka. How's your neck? I mean, because the S's through, you know, and Dunlop corner coming up, uh, it's uh, incredible in a Formula One. But in any case, are you hoping for a wet race? Because, uh, you know, if the, the local knowledge there is important as well. 
Yeah, but to be fair, we've had no time in the rain this year in, in Super Formula on that track either. So um, I would I would want it to be dry. Um, I think also with the new package we had this weekend, we should hopefully be able to learn more and, and extract more out of it on a more you know standard circuit than, than a street circuit like this. So there's definitely more potential for, for Japan. Look, very well done to you. Travel safe. We'll see you next weekend. Thanks, Thanks Liam. Very well done. Very nice guy. Very nice guy. He's done three races in Formula One and... He scored points already at the hardest race. I mean, it's I qualified uh, Max. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the highest Honda engine yesterday in quali. It's, it's pretty impressive. Everything you've seen of him impresses you, right? Yeah, no, no, I'm very impressed because uh, I know how hard Singapore track is and also how physical it is. But it's also, it's, it's fair to say that it's very difficult to get to grips with this track on your first uh, ever race on a car that you hardly know and uh, the guy has done incredibly well and I'm happy that he if he if he races in, in Suzuka uh, the fact that he has this uh, knowledge with the super formula at least leaves him in a in a situation where he's not uh, he, he doesn't have a lack of running there he hasn't run in the with a formula one car but at least he has driven a super formula which is the closest you will ever get to formula one there so it's it's good it's uh, I'm wishing to see more about of him you know I thought you were going to give him some advice about, you know, the S's, apexes, I, I, where to break. I can only give advice to my my drivers, okay? <laughs> but these guys, they know, they know. I mean, come on, man! I mean, I, the last time I raced in Suzuka was in uh, was well in 2012. So anyway, it tracks the same. Track is the same. It's beautiful. It's difficult. It's narrow. It's it's easy to make a mistake, and you're in the gravel trap. There's not many runoff areas. So this the sense of speed, and uh, also how quick you go through the S's in a modern Formula One car is beautiful. It's great. You you really, you know, when, when you go into qualifying with empty tanks and uh, you really go for a, a fast lap, you feel, you, you feel you're, you're traveling at higher speed than in Spa, for example. It's one of those tracks that every racing driver enjoys. All right. Now, look, there's just two more teams I wanted to touch on this weekend. Uh, one was Alpine. Pierre Gasly coming home sixth and an Ocon competitive all weekend qualifying eighth until he had that gearbox problem of course uh, in the race but given that that is a car that didn't get out of Q1 in Monza are you surprised with how they were able to turn things around here? Well I mean they, they've been always been uh, very competitive in some type of tracks so I'm just remembering for example Gasly in Zambord, Gasly also in Silverstone, putting pressure on Fernando for most of the, the race. And today here, the battle between Checo, Fernando and, and, and uh, Esteban was, was really mind-blowing. It was fantastic. So they were quick. They were consistently quick today. Uh, I, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. It's just that there's, they have those circuits where they are less competitive. But in circuits like this, I'm, I was not surprised. Remember Esteban also with, uh, with Alpine in Monaco in also a street track. He was extremely competitive there as well. I think he was uh, he was third, no? So, yeah, not not surprised at all. And then finally, Haas, both cars in Q3, and Magnussen getting his first points uh, since Miami earlier in the year. Um, what a a great result for the team, and quite a surprising one given that they've struggled with tyre wear all year. Gunter was pleased. Yes, absolutely. Yes, <laughs> I kind of get to talk about Haas. That's, <laughs> that's really happening. Yeah. Are you pleased for K-Mag or Gunter or everybody? I'm pleased for the team and also, yeah. of course, for my German driver. I mean, the race uh, wasn't that great for him, but the qualifying was super great for. Now, hang on, I'm just looking yeah. at you, Zilliet. Didn't you watch Quali from the Haas garage? Exactly. You so are their biased. lucky mascot. <laughs> lucky mascot. Yes, that's what I said too. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to do uh, all the qualies in the garage now. No, yes, exactly. I was uh, in the garage yesterday, followed um, the qualifying, and we'll make a report for my for my paper on that. And yes, so I was on Nico's side of the garage, as it's like from a German point of view, of course, uh, my point of interest. And yeah, it was super exciting. So I think they kind of knew before that they would have a good weekend and the cars, especially in qualifying, competitive on this track. So they were hoping to get one car at least in Q3 and in the end it was both and Kevin was in the end uh, positioned in front of Fernando. So it was, I think, way, way more than they expected and they were so happy and relieved and it was really, really nice to, 
to yeah, feel that atmosphere there in the garage. It's a very different atmosphere at Haas compared to almost any other team. They feel like the small privateer. The, what was Jordan or Arrows back in the day is, is Haas today in this, in this age. Yeah, definitely. And it was also so nice. It's, you, you really feel the team spirit there. So everyone was watching just quietly. There was It was so quiet, like as quiet as it can be in a Formula One garage, of course. But everyone was following, uh, watching on the monitors and so focused. And everyone was just yeah, feeling they might witness something special. And it absolutely was. Petra, I felt it was interesting that K-Mag got the better of Hulkenberg this weekend because he, particularly in qualifying, he's struggled relative to Nico this year. Yes, but I think that uh, it was uh, something that sooner or later would happen because I think we should not underestimate how quick Kevin is as well on, uh, on, uh, on in quali. I mean, the only thing that I really don't understand about Haas is how quick they've been in the past in qualifying, but how how they cannot keep that level of uh, competitivity during the race. So they seem to have more degradation or they seem to go back. So this is something that I, I don't really understand about Haas. You know, they're really fast in quality, but then uh, then in the race, they seem to be have difficulty really in keeping the pace. But I'm not surprised. They're both a very super strong uh, pair of drivers. Well, they've got a big upgrade coming for Austin. Zilia, are you coming to Austin? Yes. Well, then you need to get back in that garage. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and I can do it even for two qualifyings. Because it's a sprint course, race it's weekend. A sprint weekend. You're absolutely <laughs> right. So the top 10 look like this. Carlos Sainz took his second win for Ferrari and Ferrari's fourth victory here in Singapore. Lando Norris was second and Lewis Hamilton made it an incredible 196th podium of his career by coming home in third place. Charles Leclerc was fourth, Max Verstappen climbed from 11th on the grid to fifth, Pierre Gasly was sixth, Oscar Piastri climbed from 17th to seventh, Sergio Perez was eighth, Liam Lawson took his first points in Formula One by coming home in ninth, and Kevin Magnussen rounded out the top 10 by taking his first point since the Miami Grand Prix. In the Drivers' Championship, Max Verstappen added 10 points to his tally here in Singapore, taking his total to 374. 151 points ahead of his teammate Sergio Perez in second place. Lewis Hamilton vaulted into third place in the championship, now on 180 points, 10 points ahead of Fernando Alonso in fourth. Our race winner Carlos Sainz is fifth on 142 points, with Charles Leclerc sixth in the second Ferrari. George Russell didn't score a point here in Singapore, but is still seventh in the championship on 109, with Lando Norris eighth, Lance Stroll ninth and Pierre Gasly tenth. In the Constructors' Championship, Red Bull still have a whopping lead. A total of 597 points, which is 308 points clear of Mercedes in second place. Behind Mercedes, it's close. Ferrari a third, just 24 points adrift, with Aston Martin fourth, 48 points further back. McLaren a fifth on 139, with Alpine sixth on 81. Williams remain on 21 points in seventh. Haas have gained a point to take their total to 12 in eighth place. Alfa Romeo are ninth with 10 points and Alfa Tauri round out the top 10 with five points. Guys, what a weekend. It is now 12.30 local time. It is still absolutely roasting. Uh, humidity, it's 30 degrees, but it's been a brilliant weekend. Not for Aston Martin, it has to be said, but in terms of the spectacle of Formula 1, for racing, it's been a great one for Formula 1. Um, let's end it with our driver of the day. Uh, Carlos Sainz got the vote on the telly. Pedro, who is your driver of the day? Could even be a driver of the weekend if you want. No, I mean, it has to be Carlos. Uh, come on. What he did today is, uh, is not common. You don't see many drivers uh, managing a race in, uh, with this matureness and cleverness. So my vote goes for Carlos 100%. Spanish. It's just because he's Spanish. No, no, no. You know, I mean, I think that he did. Uh, he I, I, I I'm joking, by the way. He was brilliant. I think that the other driver of the day is Lando Norris. Because... No one noticed him during the whole race. 
but he was always there. And he finished second. Like he, he could have won. He made no mistake. He was defended so bravely from uh, from from George. So if you if you say okay, everyone voted for Carlos, so vote for another one. I would I would vote for Lando because he was super elegant in his defense and his way he drove. You know, on a very difficult track, really to be elegant because you normally. It's very, very obvious when you are defending from someone and uh, and making life difficult for a guy behind. Couldn't agree more. Celia, driver of the day. So two names are already taken. Um, no, you so can <laughs> say the same. It's all right. Yeah, We're we would have friends. said Carlos, but I also want to bring in some, Kevin, some more. Kevin, he's going, to, he's going to say Kevin. Guys, we're going to do one more thing. Oscar, Hello. can we can we just grab you on the way out? Um, now, actually, Oscar, we are just talking about our driver of the day, and yeah. I think you've got to be quite near the top of the list. What was it? 17th on the grid? Yeah. Uh, you know, through to P7. Great job. Thank you. No, it was, uh, it was solid. Uh, pace was pretty good. Had uh, a bit of good fortune as well, which was nice. So, um, yeah, I would say it was pretty good. If you want to vote me as your driver of the day, that, I'm, that is fine with me. <laughs> I'm easily persuaded. <laughs> No, but Oscar, also, you didn't have the upgrade package that Lando had on his car. What was that costing you per lap? Um, a decent amount um, in the tenths, so um, hopefully. <laughs> okay, can you um, give us some points? You know, points different? No, I'm not, <laughs> no points. Um, but uh, no, it's a pretty reasonable step, so I'm uh, looking forward to it next week. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we can have a, a strong weekend. Well, and Suzuka is another new one for you. Pedro will tell you it's, what, best racetrack in Formula 1? Yeah, I mean, it's a difficult one. It's yeah. a beautiful one. I'm sure that, Oscar, you've been on the simulator, yeah? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And for what sure. did you think of it? Mega. Mega. So uh, if it's like that in the sim, I can only imagine what it's like in real life. And was your car good there? Because, uh, I mean, I Max good. said that his car was super good in, the, in, in Suzuka, but really bad here so I hope ours is good in Suzuka generally like the high speed corners like Silverstone has probably been our strongest weekend um, and I guess it's there's some similarities so um, hopefully it's a, a good weekend for us but anyway you can ask Mark Weber no about, exactly, uh, about yes. Suzuka he's Weber another specialist was always good yes, yeah, he yeah, was, was always good there yeah yeah so uh, no don't worry he's uh, he's been telling me about it so um, yeah. no looking forward we, to it. with Mark the problem was on the on the corners what he had to break on the high-speed corners, he was really good, but when he had to touch the brakes, he always misses the apex. Let, let <laughs> tell him. I'll let him know. I'll, I'll <laughs> let pass him on know. the feedback. <laughs> Oscar, great job. Really pleased for you here, and have a great one in Suzuka. Travel safe, and I'll see you there. Thank you. Thanks, man. Thank you. Do you know what? Seriously, he could be... Zilli, by the way, did we get to the bottom of your driver of the day? No. no. Oscar, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, no, of course I have to say Oscar. So we dropped now another name, but Leon Lawson, because of oh, yeah, nice, yeah. The, the lack of experience he, of course, has, the less, less lack of time uh, in the car, and what he's doing with it, it's absolutely amazing. Well, I do actually think, I know we've just spoken to him, but I think Oscar Piastri did a phenomenal job today going from P17 on the grid to, to P7 at the flag, on a track where it's difficult to overtake, on his first visit to this track. Um, but I know you'll just go, oh, that's just because we've just spoken to him and he asked me to make him my driver of the day. So well, the, just for... The people don't know that Oscar is still in front of Tom <laughs> yeah. and that's why Dangling he's, five yeah, pound he's voting for him <laughs> now. Yeah, <laughs> He will change his mind once Oscar has left. So I'm not going to say Oscar. Uh, I, I w I'm going to give you two names. I think Carlos Sainz managed this race like a just like a guy who'd won 100 Grand Prix. You know, like Lewis Hamilton would not have managed that race any better if he were in that Ferrari today. That's how good I think Carlos Sainz was. So uh, he was standout, and I'm also actually going to say Kevin Magnussen because. Um, it's, he's had a really tough time in the last few races. That you know, he said that Monza was the weakest Haas has been all year, and everyone was feeling very despondent after that race. And yet he's come here and finished in the points and got the job done. So, I think actually what we're saying between the three of us is that there was some phenomenal driving out there today. And yes, Carlos did a great job. Liam Lawson did a great job. Oscar did a great job. You know, lots yeah. of people. It was very high driving standards. I think you're right. I think it just proved that uh, they were all heroes. 
and that they did a fantastic job to bring it home and in the points. So I agree with that, you know, I mean, but if I had to vote for one, I would vote for the winner. Let's check in with our F1 fantasy team now, F1 Nation Racing. It's not been our strongest weekend, with only three of our drivers finishing inside the top 10. Thank you, Max, Lando and Oscar. Alonso and Albon failed to score in the race, so we only managed 233 points in total. But we've still moved up the F1 Nation World Championship, albeit only into 818th. MLN Racing continues to lead the way with a 64-point advantage at the top, but there's just a single point between the Incident 2.0 in second and blank BGP in third. And with a couple of teams lurking closely behind them, we're set for a very tight battle for the podium places in the final seven races. Bring it on! And remember, F1 Fantasy is free and you can join our league at any time. Just go to fantasy.formula1.com and search for the F1 Nation World Championship to compete against us and probably beat us and other listeners. Remember, you have until the start of qualifying for the Japanese Grand Prix on Saturday to make changes to your team. Thank you at home for listening. This show is nothing without you. We will, of course, be back next Monday with our review of the Japanese Grand Prix. But for now, F1 Nation is produced by Formula One and Audio Boom Studios.